This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Uh, so you had a good trip to town last, uh, I, I guess, a week ago where the Blue Devils uh, won. It, in... it was a great trip. It was a great trip because <laughs> all my colleagues picked North Carolina to win. And I was the only one to pick Duke to win. And then Duke answered the call. So for me, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a good weekend. Yeah, I think you and I talked about it. The, 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 un, the incredible toughness of this team, and they did it again. I mean, it's not easy to finish the way they finished and then to go into the ACC tournament. And I know they're making a big deal out of being you know, beating number five in, in terms of ACC seeds, five and then one and then two, and that's great. It's not vintage, uh, but they had to face the best that they could possibly face, and they were just a tougher team, and their offense showed up. Yeah, you know, I... Look, I think Jeremy Roach makes critical plays down the stretch. I think he's a differentiator for this team. And obviously, you know, Proctor has gotten better. And, and Flip Filipowski, man, he's so special. He's always so poised uh, as a freshman. I, I like the length. I like the size that this team has. I, I do think they're not a five seed. I think they're more on the three line, uh, frankly, with win ACC. But it, it is where it is. I, I do think they're in the toughest region, man. Um, I, I think it's going to be a tall task to beat Purdue in the Sweet 16 or Roberts is by no joke yeah. something just to look over. Um, they, they, they learn a difficult path, but, you know, it's all about playing your best basketball going into the tournament. If you're John Shire, this team has a sense of togetherness and you are playing your best basketball. And when they're all healthy, they are 17-1. and one. So I think this team has huge upside, and we'll see if they continue to kind of evolve and come further together throughout this run. There's also a little bit of a wrinkle that we haven't had a chance to see a lot, and that is a healthy and comfortable and confident Derek Whitehead just gives them another dimension, somebody who can get from the wing to the rim uh, with maybe a little bit more ease than anybody else they've got. You know what, Adam, watching him play too, watching him in high school, um, his game has changed a little bit, but he has a little bit of that Lance Stevenson Turkey jerkiness to him. I'm not saying his overall game is like Lance, but a little bit of that uh, kind of unorthodox change of speed with burst. He has a mixture of that, and he's a he's a shot maker, right? He's a scorer. If you're like, oh, he's a shooter, I'm like, ah, he's a scorer. Right. That if you feel like if he can get into a rhythm, he can be a lethal added threat to this team. That is really a dimension that they really haven't had for most of the season. Jay Williams is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. All right, the way John Shire has kind of coaxed this team through the season, I thought early on that he would have to call a lot of plays and do a lot of directing from the sidelines. What have you seen from him? I've always said this about John. John has this this poise towards him, and people want him to be more animated. But let me tell you why, like, sometimes the lack of animation helps John in particular with his players, like Derek Lively. Like, Derek Lively has had to be coached differently. Derek Lively isn't the type of individual that will probably respond to a person who is animated all the time, but more so has to be groomed, right? Has to be, I'm not saying with, within grooming you can't have tough love because right. you can, but I think John's patience that he's shown with a guy like Derek Lively, who's been in foul trouble a lot, with on helping him understand and elevate his basketball IQ is 
a skill set that a lot of people don't have the patience for. You know, people want certain players just to give you instant results from the moment they step on the court. And sometimes everybody doesn't respond to tough love in the same manner. And I think John understanding when to apply tough love, but also how to apply a sense of nurturing and caring for certain individuals is, is a skill set that I think is it, 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 it's a pretty imperative one for him and how he's helped Derek Lively come along and the sense of with NIL. And I mean, all these coaches are facing this challenge, but yeah. you're not just coaching them. You're also coaching their teams. I mean, like their agents, their family members. And I think how he's managed expectations has been critical throughout this process. It's been fun to watch them there. They certainly don't play with the same pace that your teams played with. But I think that, I mean, he's basically done that out of necessity. I mean, the, I'm not used to watching a Duke team that is like 300th in tempo. Uh, you know, the, the same reasons I make fun of Virginia and I can't watch Virginia, I would have to apply to uh, to this Duke team. But I have like basically you know, personal relationships. <laughs> like I've known I've known Carowell. You obviously you've known Chris Carowell for a long time. Like I can't slam them. I can't slam them for playing slow. But they play. They play kind of slow. Does that work to their favor? Like Oral Roberts plays fast. I mean, they're one of the the fastest teams in the country. One of the highest scoring teams in the country. Is it easier for them? Uh, to is is it easier to slow them down than it would be to speed Duke up? Well, I mean, I, from playing on the fast paced team back when I was in college, we used to hate teams that controlled the tempo of the game because it meant. Uh, a limited amount of possessions, right? So right. If, if you're having a game, and I'm hypothetical numbers, if you're used to averaging 80 possessions throughout the course of a game, and then you're playing against a slower team tempo that maybe averages 50 possessions, that forces you to be extremely more efficient with each and every possession when that typically hasn't been the habit, right? Like I, I like games where you increase the intensity and the tempo and the pace and you create havoc defensively and turnovers and you know, rush the speed of the game up and shoot within the first seven or eight seconds of the shot clock and wearing a team down. But then when you're forced to execute and think through every decision, I think that becomes a challenge for teams that have been used to playing fast. And I think it can work for Duke's advantage. I, I think one of the things that Duke has got to do is literally play the opposite tempo of their opponent, right? They know who they are, but Duke also has the ability to pick its spots when it wants to play faster. So right. I, I think it's about, you know, not biting off more than you can chew at them and recognizing, okay, here are a couple spots we can play a little bit faster. For the most part, especially against a faster Temple team, slow down the pace, force them to be more efficient with each and every possession. All right, now take take me back to your first NCAA tournament and not what happened in it, but how you felt going into it. You had seen it, I'm sure, your entire life, watching whether it was Duke or I know you grew up in Big East country, as did I. Uh, watching Big East teams go through it. So what was it like leading up to your first NCAA tournament? Oh, I was nervous as hell. I mean, <laughs> it, it was so um, – I was nervous, but it also felt slightly comfortable because most of you know, I, I think every year I played, we were number one seed yeah. uh, in, in, a, in a good region. It felt like a home court advantage. And I, I, I will say that, you know, playing in the East – um, there's so many Duke alumni and they travel so well, it makes it feel like a home court advantage. But I, I think there's a, there's a certain element of four-minute games 
that was always preached to us because it, sometimes it can get so overwhelming that you try to hit home runs, right? Instead right. of understanding, hey, four-minute increments, how do we win each game throughout the series of a half and kind of compartmentalize and break down the overall game into sections, right? So when you're looking at things and saying, okay, the, the first you know, 20 minutes, we have five quarters, essentially. Like, how do we, each quarter, when there's a four-minute TV timeout with March Madness and the timing procedure that it has, how do we win each quarter? Or how do we get a certain amount of, a certain amount of deflections per quarter, right? And, and kind of turn that into an overall game. And I think if you learn how to approach the tournament in that manner, you're saying, okay, first half, we won three out of the five quarters. Second half, we won, you know, three out of five quarters. We're going to win the game. Right. Um, And learning how to break that down, I think, really helps individualize these quarters and helps teams think through it possession by possession. Uh, Just to uh, to add some data to you, you went into the tournament as a number one seed each time you went into it as the AP final number one team in the country (laughs) each each time. And from the spoiled. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, from New Year's on your freshman year. (laughs) You never left the top five. So, uh, yes, there was a di- different feel for different, you guys. Scenario, yes. <laughs> never was a five seed. Can't really relate. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. I agree with you that I think they're, they're Duke's a little underseeded. Uh, but I also think that for most of the season, they kind of looked like a five, six seed anyway. So... And I think this, they try to do the seeding based on that rather than, uh, you know, the last impression that you make. But uh, maybe that will serve Duke well if they can get past Oral Roberts. Uh, real quick, um, your thoughts. North Carolina begged off on the NIT, and I know there were some extenuating circumstances. I hit them pretty hard yesterday for that, and I don't I don't regret anything I said. I believe it's a program that that should have been to the NIT. I'm not worried about team. I'm worried more about program. Roy Williams went in 2010. Uh, Matt Doherty took this team to the NIT in 2003, I believe it was. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Tar Heels begging off the NIT? Um, you know, I, I, I get torn about this because, you know, I, I'm playing in any postseason tournament. I don't care what program we are, and I think it's uh, it, it, it's not ideal. It, it wouldn't be what you expected for a team that came into the season preseason number one in the country. Um, you know, they you know didn't come anywhere close to what their expectations were. But I was always taught that you finish things through. Now, the intriguing part about all this is like if if this is true that the players took a vote and they determined that they didn't want to play, I truly wish that Hubert Davis would have intervened and say, no, your asses are playing. Right. Um, For me, I I think that exemplifies that our school has no quit ever. doesn't matter how many times we get knocked down. doesn't matter if we got delivered uh, a knockout punch. We pick ourselves back up. We dust ourselves off. And we continue to fight because the program will forever go on and you're representing something bigger than yourself. And uh, for me, I, I was disappointed in the decision not to play. Frankly, I, I, that's not how I look at North Carolina as a rival or a first-class institution. 
I agree. I agree with ex- everything you just said. It's, it's it's about the program. It isn't about this team. And I do wish that Hubert would have said, look, we're playing. Who's coming? Exactly. We're, we're going to show up and play. Come, if, exactly. If you don't want to come, that's a reflection on your character. But it's not going to be a reflection on the character of this university and what the principles and the standards are for being a North Carolina Tar Heel. All right, I got two more things before we have to say goodbye to Jay Williams from Jay Will, Keyshawn, and Max, ESPN Radio's mornings right here if you're listening in Raleigh on 99.9 The Fan. All right, who do you have in the Final Four? You have Duke, obviously, right? Let me, let me, let me get through the first weekend of the tournament. Let me, can, I get, can, I, can I tell you my Final Four next weekend? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank I'm, goodness, I, I'm going to wait to get to the first weekend. I'm going to cheat. <laughs> Good luck on your brackets, then. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. I, 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 I'm so tired of being called out every year, Adam. My brackets suck, okay? Yeah, I'm I bad at this, too. And that's the problem. Can I tell you that, uh, look, total aside, in 2003, I had Syracuse, Marquette, Texas, and Kansas in my Final Four. And they all got what? to New Orleans. Yes, I did. I had them all. And I don't, I don't I have not gotten more than two Final Four teams since. We're going on twenty years, Jay. Yeah, but see, I get made fun of daily when my picks are wrong, so I don't publish them anymore. So I became a coward throughout this. Wow. Process. Okay. So I'll tell you my Final Four next week. All right. <laughs> Excellent. After the first <laughs> round is done, Jay, I'll talk to you, man. <laughs> All right, Adam. Have a good one, brother. So. Hey, it's Adam Golden. I'm in studio with my friend, Coach Pete DeRuta with the Capital Financial Advisory Group. Is it ever too soon to seek out you and your expertise? Really, there's no too soon. It's time to get serious. So if you're 50 or over, we call it the financial red zone. And that's when really it's time for you to take control of your money and, and make sure you have a firm on your side that's a fiduciary planning firm, which means they take your side at all times. Now, we'll do this for the next 10 of you who call. This is a $1,000 value, but I'm going to waive my planning fee to make sure you get your total retirement plan and you get on the right path for retirement. Call 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. I mean, I had, what? I'll tell you my brackets next week? <laughs> yeah, when we're already, like, reading out through some of the uncertain ones. I mean, look, I just I just posted my bracket on Twitter, so it's all it's already there. We talked about it earlier. Uh, the entire bracket is there. I have State getting to the Sweet 16. I have Miami and Duke making it to the Final Four. And part of it, is, look, I have Virginia losing in the first round, so it's yeah. not like I'm an ACC honk here. Uh, I do have Pitt beating Mississippi State tonight, but it doesn't count. Right. It <laughs> yeah. just doesn't count. It's not on there. Nobody cares about what happens on Tuesday. No. They're, like every pool that you're going to be in nationally or locally, every pool just, oh, just get me your brackets by noon Thursday. Like what about yes. the four games that are played before that? <laughs> right. Nobody cares. No. It's unfortunate. It is. And the only thing, you, you don't even get bonus points, I guess you do, if you pick a team that plays tonight. Oh, or yeah. tomorrow night, and they win to to advance further, and it ain't out of the realm of possibility. Remember, mm-hmm. VCU went from first four to final four in twenty fourteen. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was twenty fourteen because that was the year. Uh, no, it was uh, might have been twenty eleven. I don't know. Whatever it was, whatever it was, VCU getting to the final four, uh, they came out of the first four to do it. Yeah. 
We've seen other teams. Yeah, St. With- Petersburg or whatever it was last year impressing everyone. Yeah, but that wasn't a first four team. They no. were a 15 seed that got yeah. to the Elite Eight. That was remarkable. Yes. Just crazy. So, look, it, uh, you just don't get any benefit for it. So don't pick your 11 seeds, your first four teams to advance, because you don't get any bonus points for it. Nobody no. cares about what happens tonight or tomorrow night. We only mm-hmm. care about what happens starting Thursday. That's <laughs> why so I asked the question yesterday. You weren't here for it. I asked Dennis yesterday, when does the tournament start? Yeah. Does it start tonight? I mean, technically. Like 6.30? It starts tonight, but... Not these brackets. No, it doesn't. The brackets, <laughs> the tournament starts when the brackets <laughs> yeah, say it starts. That's it. That is 100%. So they're available online yeah. or on Twitter Just at Google a gold fan. Yeah. Do you have your brackets? Have you filled one out yet? I did. I did a what? rough bracket. What do you so mean a rough bracket? A rough just, draft? Well, because we have until Thursday, I may change things up. But as of right now, I've got, what do I have? Houston and Arizona making it to the... To the big show. Nothing, uh, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But I do have Duke in the final four. You do? I do. All right. In Arizona. Duke, so we'll see. Duke, so we just say we need one more team. Otherwise, right now, it's just the final three. Yeah, well, and I have Houston playing Gonzaga. Oh, my gosth. Gonzaga. This would be the year that Gonzaga makes Actually the final. Actually makes right, it. Right? I know. I'm probably <laughs> just wishful thinking. Not a vintage Gonzaga <laughs> team, but this will be the no. year after we've been told forever how great they are. Exactly, Look, and they never. Great, it's a great program. It just <laughs> have a hard time getting over that final hurdle. They joke. Uh, Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. What's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Learn how you can score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity.